Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Catherine Morehouse. Negotiations between world governments about how to set up an international climate fund aren't going that well, and it could threaten progress at next month's United Nations Climate Change Conference. See, last year, governments agreed to create the so-called Loss and Damage Fund, a historic pot of billions of dollars meant to help the countries most impacted by climate change recover and rebuild. The problem is that developing countries remain at odds with the U.S. and E.U. over some of the biggest details despite several rounds of negotiations, and the disputes continued during talks this past weekend. So today, we check in with Politico Zia Weisse about the latest with these tense climate negotiations and what it means for the quickly approaching U.N. conference. It's Wednesday, October 25th. So last week, negotiators on the so-called transitional committee, which is meant to sort out the details on how a loss and damage fund should work, met for what was supposed to be the the last round of talks. But they didn't really manage to agree on any of the key issues. They were supposed to come forward with recommendations, but they couldn't really agree on what they were basically going to put in a document at all. That's even though the negotiations stretched into the early hours of Saturday with some negotiators delaying their flights back home and so on. Effectively, the the talks broke down. And as listeners may know, governments made this big decision last year at the United Nations Climate Change Conference to establish this fund to pay vulnerable countries for the impacts of climate change. Why is the debate about the fund so heated and controversial? Okay, several reasons. I think rich countries, especially the US, are very worried about liability so that their status as the world's biggest historical emitters could mean that other very vulnerable countries could make claims for compensation against them. But the idea was that, okay, leave liability questions aside and let's just focus on raising money and and filling that fund. But now developing countries are really worried that this money isn't appearing. No big pledges are being made by rich countries. Climate finance in general still isn't anywhere near where it needs to be. So there's this lack of trust, which is being exacerbated by past broken promises on climate finance. That really was the issue this time. Then there's the matter of control. A key reason why the talks broke down is that rich countries want to host a fund at the World Bank. But developing countries don't like that because the World Bank is dominated by rich countries, essentially. So it sounds like negotiators have one last chance to get a loss and damage deal done before next month's UN Climate Change Conference what have you heard so far about this latest effort and what needs to happen between now and then for progress to be made? Right. So, yeah, there's another round of talks scheduled for early November. The chairs of the committee are working to distill everything that was agreed or not agreed into a document that's meant to serve as a basis for these um, negotiations. But that's that's yet to be made public. That's yet to appear. Essentially, it's quite hard to see how progress can be made if there's no flexibility from either side. And even if there is on on some issues, I I think many issues will remain unresolved. But if there's no agreement at all on any of these details, the issue is very likely to blow up at COP28 in Dubai. 
Also, General Motors is losing $200 million per week due to the United Auto Workers strike, which has now gone on for six weeks and has been expanded several times since its start on September 15th. That's what the company reported on Tuesday in its third quarter earnings statement. GM also said it's dealing with slowing growth in electric vehicle sales and it was taking immediate steps to slow the pace of EV production in 2024 and 2025. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our free newsletter at politico.com slash power dash switch. And subscribe to Politico Pro to read our morning energy newsletter. Some of the music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. By the way, please join us tonight, Wednesday evening, October 25th, for a special Politico Live event called The Future of Grid Reliability. We'll have a one-on-one interview with Democratic Congressman Scott Peters, co-author of the Big Wires Act, and Republican Congressman Bob Latta, who's co-chair of the Grid Innovation Caucus. For more information, check out politico.com backslash live dash events. Hope to see you there. And that's our show. I'm Catherine Morehouse, and we'll see you back tomorrow. Support for this program is provided by Chevron. Chevron is working to responsibly meet rising energy demand across their U.S. operations, like at their Gulf of Mexico facilities, which are some of the world's lowest carbon intensity operations, helping supply energy that's affordable, reliable, and ever cleaner. That's energy in progress. Learn more at chevron.com slash meeting demand.